Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome back for another episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast. Penn State finally gets its new wide receiver coach. Well, Sean Fitz and I will go over everything you need to know about what he is as a developer and also what he can bring on the recruiting trail. And we'll also recap last weekend's junior day. Who all made it? There were some surprise additions that we didn't see coming. Uh, so we'll get into that and much more. Let's get it started. How much? We got a new coach. Penn State does have a new coach. I will just kind of throw it to you to start because uh, you, you've crushed it on this one. We were working on this last night. You were working on this. I'll give you credit on that one. Uh, not just me as much. You you crushed it last night, uh, you know, starting to hear word on this one. So I'll throw it to you. Penn State has another coach from Virginia, a state that they've already uh, been very good at in recruiting, and uh, things should only improve here moving forward. Yeah, I do encourage you to check out the breaking news video that T. Frank and I did earlier today on Marcus Hagens, the newest member of the Penn State staff, uh, wide receivers coach, also offensive recruiting coordinator. So taking both titles that Taylor Stubblefield held uh, previously before he was uh, let go. So um, a, a big addition because this is a very important position and a position that is in transition. You lose Parker Washington, you lose Mitchell Tinsley, and all of a sudden you've got to restock those shelves uh, of course, you've got Dante Cephas um, set to come in after uh, the, the spring semester. Malik McLean's already on campus for the spring. And then those bunch of guys that uh, you're, you're waiting to see what you have there. Um, but this is a recruiting show, so we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting. Um, Higgins has been at Virginia 
for a long time. Uh, no, no getting around that. Started as a GA in 2011 and has been on staff with three different staffs. I can't tell you how amazing that is that he's been retained twice by uh, other coaches. Uh, it says something about the value that they put on him um, there, but he's been there ever since. So this was a move that, uh, you know, it, it you're digging up roots when it comes to this. So we've seen it with other other programs before. We see it with Anthony Poindexter, who kind of took a roundabout way to Penn State. Uh, but both Virginia program legends, both guys that you could see there coaching in the uh, in the big chair one day, and we'll see what goes on with that. But uh, Penn State making its move, we uh, reported that on Monday morning, and uh, he's going to be on campus, or he actually is already on campus. It was officially announced by Penn State, and we will see him this weekend for the final junior day of January. Yeah, the final junior day. We'll get into this weekend's junior day here in a little bit. But with Higgins, I think the first thing that grabs my attention is he's from the 757, which, of course, if you follow recruiting, that's the Tidewater region, Virginia Beach, uh, Newport News, Norfolk, those, that kind of uh, that area. Really important area for Penn State. Has been for a long time, but it hasn't been an area that I would say they've had the kind of success they want to have there. So Higgins has primarily recruited just positionally at uh, Virginia. Sean, you can add a little bit more. I'm wrong on that, but it seems like he's pretty much just focused on wide receivers. But uh, growing up in the Hampton area, uh, I believe he went to Bethel and Hampton. I think those were his two high schools growing up. Has a lot of ties there. And right now, Penn State's roster, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Catron Allen, those are the only two guys uh, from that region. And what, they hand out, I would say, how many... I don't know, maybe a handful of four stars each year, a, a little bit deeper with some three stars. I mean, there's a good amount of talent that comes out of those uh, couple counties, uh, like I said, right outside of uh, Norfolk there. So just having those ties, uh, I think, will be massive. Anthony Poindexter has done that area uh, for the last two years. I'll be curious to see how things get rewritten if they get, you know, they, they draw up the lines on who recruits where. Of course, Jaywan Slater's done Richmond. I think Hagen's has ties in Richmond, too. So I'll be curious to see if they move anything around. But uh, having Slater uh, in that area, which they already have, of course, Poindexter and now Hagen's, I mean, this is... Virginia should should continue to be a state that, that Penn State dominates and maybe even gets a little bit better at. I'll also add that Keelan Adams is from that area. This is one of Penn State's top receivers this year. Chance Wiggins is from King George. It's a little more north of Virginia, but another guy that, that Higgins has a relationship with. Makai um, White's another one. Uh, Tayshawn Young, Steve, I believe it is. Uh, Keelan Adams' teammate at a green run, who actually I think is going to be here this upcoming weekend. Another, all, all a handful of wide receivers that Higgins has previous relationships with. So, but getting in that Tidewater area, I, I, I would think that that had a big impact on going after him. You look at that area and there's like, uh, you know, sort of a Mount Rushmore here. I'm not sure that Higgins uh, is quite there, but you, I mean, you're talking Ronald Curry, who is Higgins' cousin. Allen Iverson, who is, I believe, Higgins' uh, children, uh, his, uh, Allen Iverson's his, their godfather. Uh, Michael Vick, he's he knows Michael Vick pretty well. I mean, these are the, like big time names, and Higgins is right there. I mean, Higgins came out of that. He came out of Hampton. Actually, took over for Ronald Curry. If you remember Ronald Curry back in the day, like that was the dude. Like he went to to North Carolina and played two sports, but he was like all everything uh, when I was growing up, at least. Um, so he is. He, he took over at quarterback there at Hampton. Went to Virginia. Was an all everything player. Uh, played quarterback and then eventually went to the NFL. Played some receivers, some kick returners, things like that. Um, and then before he made it back to his, uh, you know, made it back to the coaching circle. So his presence in that area, while it hasn't been as fruitful as you would think, hearing those names, you know, him mentioned along with those names. 
um, is is certainly a big deal. Penn State has tried to get back into the seven five seven and hasn't had a ton of ton of luck. Uh, Keandre Lambert Smith was a great pull, of course. Uh, Katron Allen is from that area, but went to IMG. So they would like to get more of a presence there. They've they've done an amazing job from Richmond North um, in Virginia, but that's an area that they can tap into. Uh, not you know not the easiest drive in the world. It's right on that edge of that six hour. Um, you know, radius that we talk about when we talk about, uh, you know, your your home base. So it's going to be tougher to get kids up. But kids have been visiting there for the or visiting Penn State from down there for the longest time. And I think that the relationship that he has and the uh, the, the genuine person that, that he seems to be based on talking to other people, I think he's going to you know sort of take his recruiting game to another level. The, the shirt matters. I mean, I talked about this earlier on the breaking news. Uh, the logo matters. When you walk into a school with a Penn State logo, it's different than walking into a school with a Virginia logo. And I don't mean that as a slight against Virginia, but there are you know, clearly demonstrated tiers here that Penn State uh, is recruiting against, and, and Virginia's not always in that mix. So I think I'll be interested to see how it goes. I was just on the phone with somebody who's like, hey, he, he's going to do well there. Like, I, I have questions about you know his closing ability and all this kind of stuff, but his personality, his relationship building is, is really what he's going to make his uh, make his money on recruiting. And I'm interested to see how it sells at Penn State versus how it was able to be sold at Virginia. Well, as you mentioned, Penn State, Virginia, they're not quite on the same level from a recruiting perspective. But if you look at his last two Virginia classes, he signed three of the top five players in Virginia's class uh, this past year, which I, that really stands out to me. I think number two, number three, number five were all wide receivers. And then last year, Dakota Twitty was the only four-star player that they landed last year. So he signed the best player in Virginia's class the previous year, the only four-star player the last two years, according to the on three consensus. So uh, you can look at his development as well. Sean, who's the guy for, at Atlanta now? Uh, I know you mentioned him earlier. He's for the Atlanta Falcons now, uh, originally oh, at St. Joe's Prep. Zacchaeus, uh, originally yes. from St. Joe's Prep. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you, you we've seen development there as far as guys that uh, good, solid players, but obviously uh, far outseeding what we, we thought they would be coming out of high school. And then from a recruiting perspective, as you said, I mean, or as I said, uh, three of the last uh, three of the top five in this past class and then their top player in the previous one. So get that Penn State badge on them now, all the resources Penn State has. And that's when we'll really learn. Can he close? Can he close on a Keelan Adams or, or some of these guys at Chance Wiggins, some of these, uh, you know, solid four star guys moving forward? We'll learn that, I think, in the coming months. And, and he's got guys around him, Cider, Poindexter, notably, that that have been able to close, that have been able to do a good job in, in that. So I think that, you know, some of that stuff by osmosis will come through for him. So I'm, I'm interested to see if that happens um, beyond that. I mean, it, it's it's a very much wait and see just because you it's it, you haven't seen the things of Virginia, but you look at what I mean, Virginia has been hard up and they've they've gone through a couple of coaches. Mike London did a phenomenal job recruiting there and then just couldn't coach you know couldn't couldn't be in the right spots at the right time um lost some close games and found his way out of there bronco mendenhall uh took the byu approach we talked about that on the breaking story uh on the breaking video a little bit earlier today took the byu approach where it was more by position than by region and now tony elliott's trying to flip that back around it doesn't seem like it's going around or it's going all that well um so we will see what happened and of course you, you can't talk about this without talking about the tragedy at, at this fall um and it's just you understand why he would step away from that after being there, being a being a lifer, really. Um, and, you know, it kind of makes sense for him to to step away. And Penn State uh, is hopeful that uh, the change in scenery, the change in uh, wardrobe and things like that will be something that benefits him. And and just 
I'm basing this uh, speaking off of a few people that know him personally, knowing his personality. Like this is not a situation where I fear that he can't relate to recruits or fear that he can't strike up a, a relationship with recruits. Um, he can't like he's he's a, a you know a genuine relationships guy. It's just a matter of getting to the finish line, and we'll see if he's if he's able to do that. And and really, it, it's probably unfair to speculate on that because we don't know if he can do it or not until he's put in that situation for the first time. And that might be, might be a ways down the road. Another thing, Dre Bly is no longer at North Carolina. Dre Bly was dominating that area for the last couple of years. So I'll be curious to see how that impacts Penn state. I, I don't know how much of an impact we'll have on a guy like Assad Brown, uh, a cornerback prospect that Terry already has a good relationship with, but that's another guy, Oscar Smith, Oscar Smith's a, a school Penn state would love to get, uh, more more traction with moving forward. There's other guys in the area too, like Elijah Washington. They haven't offered yet. He's at Lake Taylor. Uh, they've offered Makai White. He's at King George. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Gerard Johnson's another guy um, from Virginia Beach. Anthony Reddick. Anthony Reddick. I think Penn, Penn State's offered Anthony Reddick. Right? Just last I, I week, believe I believe they have. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So another guy. I'll, I'll be curious to see if he can he can help Penn State with. But there's plenty of talent in that region. If you look at Virginia's top 15 or so guys. Pretty much half of them are, are from that region for the 2024 class. So see, let's see if some more offers go out, Things we're, see where things go. And, and most importantly, I want to get in touch with Keelan Adams and, and some of these guys that know him already to see how that impacts Penn State moving forward. And it, and it's interesting you mentioned Dre Bly. North Carolina has had, I don't want to say a stranglehold over that area, but since Tony Grimes went there, Tony Grimes and his father so influential in that area, so influential in, you know, like – that was the place that that they outlined as the prototype for where you want to go if you're in the 757. It used to be Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a long way away, and that's a that's a tough tough sell at this time uh, for Brent Prize program. Unfortunately, Virginia has had success there, but not consistently. So it's kind of like a gray area, a middle ground. And you thought that North Carolina was going to come in and swoop in and and do that. Tony Grimes' career didn't go, I think, the way that many people thought that it would. And now Dre Bly's out, so. Area's up, kind of up for grabs right now. And I don't know that it's ever going to be an area that Penn State can put a stranglehold on, but they can certainly dip in there and get an extra couple of guys. So I think that's that's an interesting subplot to this whole thing is where the 757 is right now. Penn State positioning itself to be a bigger player, not necessarily be the, 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 the school that can come in and swoop in and get whoever whomever they want from there, but be a bigger player in that area. And I think that that matters um, in there. As, as we said, phenomenal from Richmond up, um, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough sell from the 757 right now. So they'll work on repairing, not repairing those relationships, but renewing those relationships and getting where they need to be in that area because there's there's a lot of talent there. And the, the talent is not just, you know, some, some places just have uh, linemen. Some places just have... Um, you know, skill players that that area has a lot of everything. So we'll see yep. what happens in that area. And I think that uh, that uh, having Haggins in there is it, it can only help. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do just based off the feedback that I've gotten from people that 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 genuinely like this guy. So I'm really, really excited to see that. And if they can land just one guy from that area each class. That's a success yeah. in my eyes. Uh, and they yeah, it's like I mean, it's like Florida, right? Like it's it, you're you're not going to get whoever you want from from there. You're not going to get whoever you want from Florida. But if you can pick a couple of guys out of there that you think can play at this level and are athletic enough to play at this level, and you know are sort of I don't want to say tough enough, but like that's a long way from home. Like, and it's not like a flight long way from home. Like you can be a long way from home and and get home fairly quickly in some places. I'm not sure that Hampton Roads is the the Tidewater region is the place to do that out of at least out of state college. So I think it's just in that little in, in between area and we'll see uh, we'll see what they do. 
you did make a point earlier, and I'm I don't know where you're going uh, next, but Olamide Olamide Zacchaeus now with the Falcons um, came in from St. Joe's Prep, and he was kind of a slash guy. He played on that team with DeAndre Swift, I believe. So he was kind of like a running back, but DeAndre was obviously the running back. So you had to move him around. You weren't really sure what he was at 5'8 and change, I think it was, um, at the time. Came in, had some drops early, and really uh, under Hagen's tutelage, just kind of turned everything around. And I think that confidence, hands, all that kind of stuff was prevalent in getting him on the right wavelength. And I was talking to somebody about this last night. I'm like, boom, that really sounds like Keandre Lambert Smith. If you can turn somebody like that. And now, now I know the, the size difference and you know, the, the speed and everything like that leans heavily to Keandre. Keandre's a t- tremendously talented kid, but the, the hands, the, the confidence and all that kind of stuff, if he can work his magic there. And I know there's a prior relationship from when he was at Virginia. If he can work his magic there with someone like Keandre Lambert Smith, you're feeling pretty good about where you stand heading into this year. And then kind of the, the, the year beyond it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, Brett, Brett and Armstrong too, and I'm not to talk down on him. I feel poorly doing that, but I mean, he had a really hard season this year too. So just don't, I wouldn't put a ton of stock in just wide receiver numbers. And if you're looking at stats from this past year, I mean, Brennan threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns this year. So keep that in mind too, when, when you're looking over uh, their wide receiver production. So Sean, anything else to add on Higgins before we move on to junior day? No, I mean, like, I think it's going to be a wait and see for a lot of people on in terms of his relationships and in terms of how quickly he can get something going, um, because the results aren't going to be there day one. I think he's got to settle in, feel himself out at Penn State when you're at a place that long, you know, and when when that place is the place that you went to school. I mean, he's he's got nothing outside of of the University of Virginia. And there's good and bad that comes with that. Of course, the stability is great. Um, but uh, he's going to have to learn some things and, and we'll see what he does and we'll see how he fits in. And like I said, you've got Dex there. Dex helps, you know, having a, having a guy that you know that well uh, definitely should help his adjustment to uh, to Penn State. He's been in with guys, and I think that's probably the, the measuring stick when you're taking a look at where Penn State is and where Virginia is. He was in with a guy like Cam Selden. Like Cam Selden was uh, Penn State, Tennessee, and Virginia was the third one. He really, really liked Virginia. Virginia is going to have a tough time landing that guy, you know, just because of where they're at. And like I said, it's hard up right now in terms of uh, a lot of things. Um, but uh, Virginia is going to have a tough time landing that guy. But if he can be in the mix, legitimately in the mix, and they were, um, then I think that that's uh, something that you're looking for when you're looking at clues about what this guy can potentially be as a recruiter. Okay. Well, moving on to junior day now. Uh, this list got – Better than I thought it was going to be come Thursday night, Friday, into Saturday as we started hearing more and more guys. I was talking a lot last week about, hey, it's going to be 50-50. A good amount of walk-ons, a handful of scholarship guys, some, some regional guys that uh, they're interested in, but we'll see what happens. There ended up being 21 scholarship guys when you include the four new offers they handed out this week, uh, which I'll get into in a sec. 
when you hit when you include that 21 scholarship guys this actually ended up being a really good uh group of players so uh just to rattle off some names real quick the offers they handed out caleb brewer why I'm missing javen williams his teammate we'll talk about him i'm sure herb gray uh, listed as a D end on on three uh, around 250. Uh, I think he's going to be more of an interior guy. We'll we'll see moving forward. They also offered Peyton Lewis, a running back out of Virginia, so maybe he'll be somebody that Hagens uh, has a hand in moving forward. Probably not actually with Cider. Actually, I take that back. <laughs> and then Ryan Corey, offensive lineman out of Pine Richland in Western PA. So uh, four new offers go out. Uh, Caleb Brewer is an interesting one to me just because of his ties with Javen, just because of the offers he's pulling in lately with Notre Dame and Michigan. Let's see how things move forward. I don't think that Penn State offering him makes Penn State a slam dunk or anything like that. Uh, he's already at 20 offers, and it took Penn State a little bit of time. So let's see how that relationship develops. Uh, but Sean, I'll throw it to you. Any any guys you want to rattle off? Uh, I, we didn't even mention Brian Robinson or Elias Rudolph. There there was some really talented guys here. Yeah, the names that you added on Saturday. I mean, just kind of took this this list to another level. You mentioned Elias Rudolph, the defensive end uh, from Taft in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, tw- number twenty one overall you know, on on three. I guess um, that's a pretty good start there. And then Brian Robinson, who's been back many times. Uh, you know, I think he was most recently in town for two. Two week, was it two weeks in a row he came to games in the fall? Yes. Um, so the interest is genuine there. I think Michigan's still the team to beat and seems pretty pretty clear on that on that level. But uh, for an edge guy, just he keeps coming back, and, and that's all you can ask at this point. And hopefully you can turn that around if you're Penn State and swing an official visit and then maybe make it work out in your in your uh, favor. But he's number 124, according to the on three consensus. Uh, a couple of house – not household names, but uh, early names that were uh, – you know, that, that we've been talking about here on on three, Josiah Brown, the receiver slash defensive back from uh, from New, uh, from New York State, uh, Emilio Argard uh, back on campus from Philly. Um, the one that really got me, and I think we're going to talk here in a second about the the offensive lineman offers. Um, but William Satter, Satterwhite um, from Archbishop Hoban in Akron. Uh, this is a guy that really, really likes Penn State. Uh interior is going to be fascinating you know you look at they've got cooper cousins who they see as a center he's got tackle size but they see him as a center uh satterwhite fits the mold of what they like in their guards and i you know i think they're both high you know i think there's um reciprocal interest on both sides here um then you offered uh brewer who you know looks like a guy that's continues to grow into his body played some tight end this year but eventually projects as an interior guy um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see which direction the interior offensive line goes um, because you want more tackles. You know, you're always going to lean tackles over guards, um, but uh, you're going to want to see what, what those guys bring to the table as interior players. And, uh, you know, you got to think a, a kid from Wyoming missing teammate of Javen Williams. Uh, Payson Ziegler was a 2023 on campus for a walk-on opportunity last weekend. Uh, you know, Wyoming missing has been churning them out. And, uh, you know, this is another, another good one from here. I know Ross Tucker is, uh, brought him up to to me and some others a few times so talented talented kid is brewer but i'm just very interested to see which direction this uh, interior class goes and how many they end up taking because we talk about strategies for um how many like how many tackles do you want versus how many interior guys do you want do you leave that spot open for the portal which i think you do in every cycle even though they haven't gotten one at this point um i think that that's the, the, there's some fascinating dynamics when it comes down to interior offensive linemen in this class and satter white is one that i'm after talking to some people, getting some feedback, Satterwhite's one that, uh, you know, I'd keep an eye on. Yeah. Avaselm, too, out of Kentucky. I interviewed him yesterday. 
I think he's probably going to be a camp guy. We'll see. He's going to probably come back in the spring. I think if he comes for spring practice, we'll get a better feel for where he stands. Uh, 6'4", 295. Just got an offer last week and then visits immediately. So that's always a good sign as far as interest. But should be someone to keep an eye on. I want to circle back, though, to Elias Rudolph and Brian Robinson. Elias Rudolph had never visited Penn State before, as you said, from Cincinnati. Took four visits to Ohio State already. Okay, that tells you a lot, guys. He's probably going to end up being a Buckeye. But... But he did speak very, very highly of James Franklin. Uh, go over to BWI. You, you can check out the interview I did with Elias on Sunday morning. Uh, just raved about Franklin, uh, which honestly, I, I get that a good bit. Usually it's more position coach who they spend more time with, uh, but really thought highly of just how straightforward James is and, and what he, you know, the way he carries himself around recruits. Um, seems like it was something that he had an experience on previous trips. So keep that in mind. And Brian Robinson, I haven't done a, a full interview with Brian yet. I will at some point this week. Uh, he went right to Michigan after Penn State. So that kind of speaks to what you were saying there, Sean, with the Wolverines probably being the team to beat. Uh, he was at, I think, Michigan's basketball game yesterday with a few other guys. I think Ben Roebuck was there and Luke Hamilton. Luke Hamilton's already committed to Michigan. But the thing I want to note with Brian is I was talking to some sources last night. Brian's up to 245, 250 pounds now. He's up about 20 to 30 pounds compared to where he was in October when he visited. So something to keep an eye on there. Does he continue to add on weight? Does he become more of an interior player? Uh, that was certainly something that I think grabbed the staff's attention. Don't get me wrong, they still like him. They're still going to recruit him hard. That doesn't change anything. Uh, but they were, I think, just surprised to see how much weight he's added. Uh, from what I hear, it's good weight. Uh, he's always been pretty, uh, pretty uh, just in good shape, we'll say. But uh, something to keep an eye on moving forward. Josiah Brown's a guy I hope to do an interview here with, and uh, hopefully tonight into tomorrow. Deshaun Dotson was also here, too, out of Newman Garetti, listed at 6'4", 270. We have him as a D lineman at on three. I kind of think Penn State likes him more as an offensive lineman. Still trying to learn a little bit more about that situation, but he could be a guy to watch. Um, Sean, do we uh, actually let's mention real quick before we finish this up? Let's mention the 2025 guys that were here Trent Wilson, D Lyman, St. John's College High. Doesn't hold a rating yet from one three, but I think he's definitely a kind of a four star player right now, probably six, two and a half, 280 ish. Came to Penn State last year, had an incredible camp performance. I mean, some of his numbers at that size. Uh, well, unlike anything, at least I noticed uh, uh, on the camp scene this past year. Uh, Malik Washington was also here. He confirmed quarterback at Archbishop Spalding. I think this was Malik's fifth visit to Penn State already. Certainly a guy that if you're looking for a 2025 quarterback, he makes the most sense, I think, at the moment. And then also Brandon Brandon Thompson, excuse me, Brandon Thomas, uh, defensive end out of St. Francis Academy, 6'3", 210, uh, already holds a four-star rating by 1-3, one, one of only 100 players in that class to earn a four-star rating by on three. So certainly a guy who I think Penn State will be pursuing hard moving forward. T. Frank put that highlight up, and I thought it was Zeke Elliott trying to block on that last play last night. Uh, <laughs> I was watching the quarterback, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm supposed to be watching the defensive tackle. Okay, I get it. Uh, Cam Brickle is a guy that, uh, you know, a 2026 guy. We don't really like to get too far down that road, but uh, is a kid that I've heard a lot of great things about from Southeast PA. Um, you know, he's been on the radar for a while. Penn State offered him, I believe, in the fall, um, you know, 6'2", 290 as a freshman. Uh, people are going to notice that. So uh, he's been a, a good player at Malvern Prep. And then Chris Henry Jr., uh, his father, Chris Henry Sr., uh, was, a, was a pro receiver. So uh, it's, he's 6'4", 180 as a, as a freshman in high school. So there's going to be people that give him some looks, notably the Buckeyes. We talked about this before. You know, if you're, uh, you know, 
if you're highly rated in Ohio, there's a good chance that uh, Ohio State is your is your lean coming out early. We'll see what happens with with guys like that. And then Marquise Davis uh, from Cleveland, uh, 2025 running back slash linebacker. I think we have, we have him a profile as a linebacker, but I think schools are looking at him as a running back, about 5'11", 201. Um, so he's got some uh, some size to work with there as a sophomore back. But again, pleasantly surprised by the visitor list. You mentioned this that it, it just keep uh, kept growing on Saturday morning, and uh, yeah, some quality uh, guys made it to, made the trip. And I think we'll see again this weekend. Penn State's going to try and close out strong with these uh, these junior days. And right now, those junior days are setting up for the spring visits. You know, the the spring, um, not quite the spring game, but the uh, spring break visits, and then. Uh, spring, uh, spring game and Practice. things like this. Um, yeah, I think that there's, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, some potential in these weekends. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Penn State gets a commitment this upcoming weekend. Just from the early names we've seen, a lot of guys very like. I, I think maybe this this upcoming week has the potential to be the deepest, uh, just as when it comes to top two fifty kind of talent. Obviously, it's Monday. I don't don't hold me to it. Let's see where things shape up. But just the early names we're hearing, it looks like to be uh, a pretty good class. So. We will keep an eye on that moving forward. Uh, Sean, unless you want to talk NFL, which I enjoyed watching the Eagles on Saturday night, as I'm sure many of you listening did. Uh, I got nothing else to add here. Uh, busy week coming up. I'm looking forward to getting to know guys' opinions on Higgins and seeing who makes it for that final junior day. Let's see where Franklin goes. Oh, Chip, he's I believe he's going to visit Chibney in the next day or two, I believe. He'll I be there tonight. There. Yeah, he was uh, okay. at the school at uh, Dundalk today, and he'll be – Visiting Chimney, Chimney Ono on Monday evening. Uh, ono coming off of the Michigan State visit. I haven't talked to him. I haven't heard how that visit went, but Michigan State been prominent in, in several recruitments and crossing over with Penn State. So I think he's supposed to go to Ole Miss next week. I mean, that is the guy when you talk about 2023 kids as you're uh, wrapping up this cycle that uh, that you continue to look for. And Franklin going to do his best to, uh, to do what he can tonight. Okay. All right. Well, T. Frank, let's wrap this up. Sorry I didn't uh, ask everybody to like the podcast again. One day we will finally get that. But, hey, feel free to like. Feel free to subscribe. $29.99. Subscribe to BWI, guys. Sean crushed it with the Hagen's news. I think that alone is worth the deal. But for Sean Fitz, I'm Ryan Snyder. We'll talk to you next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.